0: Hello, this is Russell from Tons of Evil, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. This is episode 233, and you are with your high Ray. Hello, and I am flying solo, not commando, again towards the end of this week, uh, and we're going to have a look at... ...a lunapic Modern Run review. Uh, So this is because of a waxing crescent up in the night sky. So welcome, welcome everyone. Um, And on the cards for tonight, on the registration cards... ...it's a revisit of Moon Knight Volume 5, Issue 13... ...The Uses of Restraint. Now before any of that, of course, a huge thank you to our Patrunis... ...those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of our episodes. You can see their names... Uh, you know, associated with this episode, uh, just in the show notes there. Uh, also check out the, uh, Patreon temple over at ITK Moon Knight, uh, where everyone that has pledged, uh, will get, uh, will get their names up in lights there. Uh, having said that as well, I should add the, the past and present uh Petruni's there, so um maybe that's something I should do. Anyway, a big thank you to Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh James, Anthony and Michael. Thanks each and every one of you for uh contributing and being part of this show. Uh it's really encouraging to know that uh there are those that you know feel it's uh, feel strong enough about it that they'll, you know, fork out some some Dosh uh to help the show uh, you know, thrive, uh, not uh, not just survive, but we'll thrive because, um, yeah, we're, we're on to bigger and better things. We've recently uh, just released our official uh, website, itkmoonnight.com We've got our own domain name um, and, of course, stuff like email. It's now just feedback at com. So uh, looking a bit more professional, looking a bit more swish and schwanky, Hopefully not wanky. <laughs> uh, but yeah, each and every uh, bit of it goes towards the show and a huge thank you. I think the next target, I think we would reach it. We've, we're just shy of it, actually. Um, I think the target is if we get up to something like 150 a month, uh, then I'll be able to subscribe to a sound effects uh, library, which I hope to use, I hope to plunder for our serial adventure, which is ticking on nicely. More about that a little bit later on. Uh, a shout out finally just to a couple of our, a few of our sponsors, uh, as always our top tier Uh those top tier patronies on the, I always get this wrong, on the Stephen Grant level, I could be wrong, it might be the Mark Spector level. Um, they also have an opportunity to, uh, to spruce their wares. So a big shout out to Tombs on SoundCloud, uh, Drew Tombs. Uh, he also takes care of Lurk Music on Bandcamp. So both of these, uh, both of those accounts, go check them out and see if you can support them. One is based on, um, dance music produced works, um, of Drew and the other on Bandcamp with Lurk Music more on a horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes. Also, as well, Daniel Doing, good friend of the show, Here's creation, Fringe Night, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero, um, worth checking out. Uh, got to get Daniel back on the show, maybe have a bit of a chat about it. He's up to issue six, I think. Uh, he's got stories up, you know, till to the, the the hundreds. So there's plenty, plenty um of talent there, and and uh, he's also a great cosplayer too. And finally, as well, Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois, the Superhero Superstore for all your back issue needs. Now, loonies, we are going to jump into this Lunapic Modern Run review, as mentioned. Uh, and uh look, we have covered this before. Um, So this was upon request, actually, uh, to cover this issue. I absolutely have no problems revisiting issues as well. I mean, for one, there might be some newer listeners uh, who... You know, who may not have caught the previous episodes, uh, so it's always good to revisit. Uh, and also, as well, perspectives and and um, you know, opinions change throughout time. Uh, also, depends on who you, you chat with as well. Uh, people have all different thoughts, and and thankfully, we have plenty of feedback. Actually, so I'm not going to dwell too much on it on myself, but by myself, because uh, I'll I'll let you. Know my thoughts on this issue. Um, but again, this was previously covered in, in actually one of the earlier iterations of an Isla Ra session, um, back in episode 43, titled We're Not Jenna's Sons. So that was me, Ray, and I had a guest, Rick. Uh, so there you go, Rick and Ray. Um, and I was chatting with Rick about his, um, his top, top four books, and one of them was, was this one, issue 13. Also in episode ninety six, um, you know, a few episodes later, titled "Part of the Journey is the End" or a psych evaluation. That was um, the original high priests Connor, Rebecca, and myself. Uh, we all came together to have a little bit of a chat about. I believe it was. Oh gosh, uh, Infinity War or End Game? It was probably and might be End Game. Um, that was a, such a big moment when that movie dropped. So we had a bit of a chat about that because why not, regardless of whether it had mooning or not. But then we also reviewed issue 13 uh again. And finally, more recently, episode 171, one of the moon uh I've t- just titled Application for Shield Card. We actually did a an audio reproduction of the whole comic. So if you don't have the comic or you just... You're on the you're on the go and you want to read it so to speak. Uh, we have an audiobook version for you in episode 171, so you can you can listen to that. Hopefully, don't fall asleep from my dull tones. <laughs> but um, from memory, I had uh, Looney Corey Hardiman playing the role of Mark Spector. A lot of fun. Corey's got a great voice, so you should not miss out on that. Anyway, Looney's as I mentioned. Uh, and for those that haven't listened to Lunapix before, what we generally do, uh, I'll just go through some of the credits where you can find the issue to catch up on it. And like I said, you may even just want to listen to it in audio form uh, in one of our episodes. Uh, I'll go through A Bare Bones, which is, a, is basically a synopsis. So again, if you haven't read it or you, you just want to recap of what this issue was about, um, I'll go through that and then i'll go just through some uh rough aspects like the writing the art the themes i won't dwell too much on it again because i'm just by myself here um and hopefully i mean we'll, we'll, there's a lot of um there's a lot of feedback which is great so we'll go through the feedback cuz i'm very keen to hear what you all had to say as well um and we'll cap off that with a moon rating i'm going to stick with the rating i gave it last time as well um so there's no surprises there all right so uh <clears throat> Released December 2007, again, this is Moon Knight, Volume 5, Issue 13, The Uses of Restraint. Uh, writer Charlie Houston, penciler and inker Tom Coker, a colorist Dean White, and letterer Joe Caramagna. And you can actually um, read this, either in floppy format, it's still readily available, it's on digital, uh, not only Comixology, but the Marvel app, But it's also on Marvel Unlimited as well, so if you have the subscription to that. Uh, We know next year, I think it's around April 2022, there's going to be another omnibus dropped, which will include the Houston, the Benson, the Hurritz run, and I think the Bendis. I'm not too sure, but uh, it's going to be quite a sizable omnibus, um, definitely worth considering. Great to have that as a collection. And finally, look, it's been released as a trade, paperback and, and as hardcovers as well, but they're kind of out of print. Uh, but if you can track them down on eBay or a third-party seller, um, yeah, then they're, again, worthy of a, of a shelf, um, being on the shelf, and being um, shelf-worthy. I guess that's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to start to hit my stride now. This is courtesy of Wiki. Um, I had a little look before, and I didn't have, I didn't have one myself. I was going to just reproduce the one that I had written before, but it seems like I hadn't one. So this is courtesy of Wiki, and here is the bare bones. Staking out a criminal, Moon Knight stands on a roof, wanting to act. But this is after the events of Civil War, and non-registered vigilantes are prohibited. Moon Knight is cautious but Conchu wants his soldier to act. Meanwhile, Detective Flint interviews one in apparently a long line of criminals that have been branded with Moon Knight's crescent moon on their foreheads. Frenchy can't sleep thanks to thoughts of Mark and decides to go to Spectre's mansion. There he finds Ray Landers working in Moon Knight's garage. The two men talk about Loss and Mark before Ray drives a last truckload of Moon Knight's gear off the property. The mansion burns to the ground behind. Walking with her new boyfriend, Taylor, Marlene tries to convince him that she does not miss the excitement of her past relationships. All the men in her life have either died or were too aggressive, and she is happy for a more boring life. But when the two are mugged, Marlene manages to fight off her attackers by stabbing them in the eyes with her keys. Mark arrives at a S.H.I.E.L.D facility for his registration interview with the psychologist, Dr. Deptford. The debriefing room is having its lock fixed by a mechanic, but Mark and Dr. Deptford continue with the on camera interview. Deptford tries to provoke Mark as the lock mechanic is actually a security personnel, but Mark passes the test and the interview can continue without the extra protection. During the interview, Deptford asks questions to clarify some of Shield's records age, physical condition, abilities, connection to the moon and is particularly interested in his multiple personalities. Deptford asks Mark to look at the moon, and by doing so, brings out the Jake Lockley and Stephen Grant personalities. Deptford tricks Stephen to look at the moon once again, causing him to fall into a sleep so Deptford can record his official report, having determined that Mark is not fit for registration and may need to be prosecuted for his activities as Moon Knight. However, Conchu begins to speak through an unconscious Mark, revealing that he knows Dr. Deptford's deepest, darkest secrets. A terrified Deptford signs off on Mark's registration and deletes the recording of the interview. Mark walks to the back of his car and thanks the profile for the intel on Deptford. Moon Knight later takes out the criminal for who he was stalking, brands his forehead and shoves his superhuman registration card in the criminal's mouth. Mark returns to his townhouse to find Marlene on his stoop. He takes her inside, cleans the blood off her hands, and takes her to bed. Yes, so there you go, listeners. That is a bare bones, courtesy of Wiki, of what this issue is all about. Now, overall impressions, look, I think this is one of my favourite issues to date of Moon Knight. It is um, understandably dark. Uh, There's some violence in it. It dives into Moon Knight's, I guess, not only his mental state, but there's also a strategy there uh, that Moon Knight employs. And being in collaboration with the profile, it just makes for an interesting story. Uh, The art is is great as well. It's something that we haven't seen uh, because I guess we were used to around this time. I uh, used to David Finch's art of the run, and then uh, Mika Suyan. Uh, so Tom Coker comes in, and this is like a one-off, and it works really well. Um, considering that it's part of a tie-in to Civil War, it's just it's just really self-contained uh, and really dark as well. I mean, we get a very... Uh, well, what we discover is a morbid character in Dr. Deptford. So just the tone of this whole story uh, kind of gives it an unpleasantness, I'd say, um, but an unpleasant unpleasantness in the, I guess, the vibe. Um, the story itself is just really good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, jumping into, I guess, writing-wise, Houston's right on his game here. Um, uh, w- he establishes more, I guess, through Detective Flint, uh the, I guess, the violence of Moon Knight, and what distinguishes him from other characters and and even vigilantes. So he kind of walks a fine line. Uh, we have, on one hand, the likes of say Spider Man and Daredevil, where they are very much on the side of of justice, uh, no killing, um, you know, let the law have the final word. On the other hand, we have like the likes of the Punisher, who will end you, basically. Uh, if you err on the wrong side of law, then you pay the ultimate price. Uh, and he makes sure that you, as a criminal, don't exist ever again. Now, the difference between that and Moon Knight is that we see him uh, consciously just mutilating criminals. Uh, so it's almost as if they are paying the price... Um, And they are, you know, being walked through, like, the wall of, the hall of shame as well, because they've got these things that are permanently etched in their forehead, uh, disfigured, basically, for life. Um, but Moon Knight doesn't kill them. He's not like the Punisher, but you could arguably say that he does something equally as, as terrifying and terrible and violent as, as just killing someone. Uh, you know, whereas Punisher will put a bullet in your head and you're dead um moonlight almost kind of wants you to suffer which uh, makes him a really dark dark character and so we get this uh from we get this from the Houston run and and I like the use of detective flint here like we we see him used sparingly in the in the runs uh but he's used really good here um he's got his own little nuances as well <laughs> um I think he says just off the top of my head I think it says, uh, right right you know uh, having done the audio reproduction it, it kind of leaps out leaps out to me more than just reading it in the you know in the comic book uh, if you have a look at it yeah he has he seemed to have seems to have these little ticks of his own um but it was good to see how i guess he's kind of like the grizzle jaded kind of authority figure that has uh, that does sympathize i guess with moon knight um but it was yeah no, i just liked his appearance uh, in this issue that was good as well uh at the beginning, as well Conchu playing games I love the the little cameo of, of Iron Man there, uh, but we all know it's Konshu who you know around this time has been very much like the Bushman visage or the um yeah the ripped off face of Bushman that sort of stuff uh The art is very reminiscent of it did remind me of um Alex Maleev. As well, just a, a little bit more like realistic, like less comic booky, say than say the uh, the muscle bound David Finch, uh, and that that lends itself to, to to this darker thing where I guess evil's different. You know, it's not just uh, it's not on the sleeve. It's not like you know your Doctor Doom, very comic booky, on, you know, right on the nose kind of thing. Uh, this is the darkness, the evil of human nature, um, and I, I think the art works really well in that sense. Um, yeah, and there's some, understandably, some violent moments there. I mean, not only with Moon Knight carving Moon Crescents in people's foreheads, but the likes of Marlene, uh when she gets attacked by these muggers with her boyfriend, t- Taylor, gee, she goes at it. She she does the old Wolverine claws with her, with her house keys, and she punches these people senseless. Again, we we get to see... Marlene not as a helpless person, not that she ever really was, but she does sometimes come um, across in the early men's run as very passive and, and we always joke about the lingerie in the bedroom. But she really is an independent and strong individual. Uh, and again, Houston highlights this uh, in this small kind of thing. And it kind of, again, also shows the the tr- tragedy, I guess, of she wants to get away from that lifestyle and, and she said... As well, in the synopsis, it says she wants a bit more of a um, a boring life, but it seems that that lifestyle finds her, and at the end, it's kind of telling that Mark takes her in and cleans her up by him, you know, by himself. Um, that she's she can't escape that sort of violent world, and there's something a little bit scary and sad that fact for Marlene. Um, good to see Frenchie and uh, and Ray in there as well. Uh, getting to talk about Mark uh so you get like a third third party perspective on on Moon Knight um and yeah i mean that the big the big part of this this issue is the confrontation between Dr. Deptford and and Moon Knight and Dr. Deptford seemingly he, from the get go he seems like someone that just has some you know skeletons in his closet and it comes out and uh Added to that is actually quite, uh, deceiving and cunning of Mark to use the profile. So, what happens? The profile basically gets a read because he's got this ability, let's call it a mutant ability, to read, uh, people, like just by being near them. And so he's read Deptford and he passes on the, this knowledge to Mark about how Deptford has these really, you know inclinations to kill as a kid like you know small animals that sort of stuff and his deep and deep and darkest thoughts and then mark uses that under the guise of of um uh, of the therapy of bringing out uh um, so we know that marks probably just putting on putting this all on just to entrap i guess deptford and get him to to sign him off, um, give him the registration, which actually makes makes it a little bit confusing because at the end he doesn't really want the registration card. He um, he shoves it in the mouth of that criminal at the end. Uh, maybe he's just thought that the whole the whole thing is pointless. Um, but you know, he does do a number on Doctor Depford, and we see later on. Oh, I can't remember. We did cover that issue not that long ago. Uh, we do see what happens to Doctor Deptford, and he, he does actually, unfortunately, um, he does kill himself, um, overcome by grief of, of uh, his deepest, darkest secrets coming out. So all that thanks to Moon Knight and the profile. Yeah, so um, very kind of a dark tale here. Uh, and again, look as I said, I'm not going to dwell too much on it. Um, I enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and we do have some thoughts coming our way. Um, so, I'm going to give it a, a, con issue's rating. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I think that's what I gave it last time. Uh, it's a very strong issue. It, it works by itself. Um, I would arguably give this to someone if um, someone said, oh, look, give me a good Moon Knight issue. Uh, see what you can make of it. I, understandably, you'd have to know what the profile, who the profile is and what they can do. Um, but apart from that, it's um it's a pretty pretty cool self-contained story and the art's great so uh 9 out of 10 it's it's very hard to fault uh and it, it, i'd put it up there with one of my favorites uh, up there with Ellis's uh, issue 5 scarlet uh, which i think with declan Shelby's art it's just phenomenal so um yeah so that's uh those are my thoughts on it um look we might just take a quick break or give me an opportunity to to play a couple of collective associated ads for you um, just for some other wonderful shows part of the collective part of this informal network that we're part of uh, and when we come back i'll just go through some of the nightlines uh, we've got some some good feedback from a lot of people so uh, stay tuned shadowed accident stole his sight, but incredibly, it endowed young Matt Murdock with radar vision and heightened senses. Armed only with his athletic prowess, billy club, and indomitable courage, Matt battles injustice as in a crimson-clad gladiator known as Daredevil. Are you a fan of Daredevil, the man without fear? Then join me and my co-host, Phil Fire, every two weeks on the Capes of Lunatics Sidekicks Podcast for the devil you know, the Daredevil And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. This is Greg Smallwood, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 233, and uh, that was a, a concise, I guess, recap and thoughts on, uh, on Moon Knight, Volume 5, Issue 13, the uses of restraint. Now, we've got some feedback here from some loonies, so I keen to hear your thoughts here. Um, before we get into the issue, though, I just want to a bit of a hark call back to our previous episode two hundred and thirty two, where I talked about Moon Knight and music. So uh, on the Facebook group, got a message here from Justin the Owl <coughs> Osgood, and Justin says uh, for so Justin has given uh, some recommendations I guess for or, or what sort of music he has in his his head when he reads Moon Knight comics. And Justin writes, I associate a lot of the first series with the music of Gary Newman, particularly the albums Telekin and I, Assassin. A lot of the first 20 or so issues of Mark Spector Moon Knight, I associate with the music of Sandoz, uh, one of the numerous aliases of Richard H. Kirk of Cabaret Voltaire. And The Other Void by Delita makes an ideal soundtrack for some of the later runs. Yes, thank you, Justin. Um wow, I'm not very familiar with uh with those musicians. I've heard of Gary Newman. I haven't heard I can't say I've heard much of his music, but that sounds really great and, and I'd like to um I'd like to chase those up actually and see uh see how they kind of what they sound like and um yeah how they fit in with the Moon Knight stories. And of course, yeah, um, our friend Noel Looney Tunes Tate from Delita uh, and their EP, The Other Void, a must listen to. If uh, if you guys out there, if everyone out there loves uh, Reading Moon Knight, then check out The Other Void by Delita. It is six tracks based off the six issues of Warren Ellis. Works ideally with that, but it can work with uh, with many others. Uh, it's just a, it's really cool, good music. Anyway, so going back to, I guess, your thoughts on Moon Knight Issue 13. Uh, So we'll start off with Facebook, the page. And uh, there's a message here from The The Power power of Chad. Chad Chad Jernigan. And Chad writes, What a beautiful issue. I loved it. Honestly, one of my favourite rereads. There is violence, nostalgia, support cast, and the themes are so moody. Also, the fact that it uses such realistic expressions and proportions... Uh, while the panels draw out such heightened emotion really adds a level of uh, morose delirium to the pages. Very very well um, written there, Chad, Um, and very expressively described. Um, I really want to know about Tommy Wizu and what he did to provoke Mark, as it seems he was a Crescent-branded victim in the stacks of Polaroids. That's true, that has been noted as well in our previous... uh, uh visitations to this to this issue it's funny how he's there a little in joke there from charlie Houston. i don't know with all of the setting up for what comes next hitting an old note and staying relevant and all the gore just work it gets a seven out of ten keep the blood boiling yes thank you so much chad there uh yeah sounds sounds like you really enjoyed it it is a fun reread I say fun as in fun. It's not like it's light. It's it's, it's a dark kind of tale, but it's very, very satisfying to read, I've got to say. Moving back now to the Facebook group, and we have some comments here. One from Julio Abelenda. Uh, Apologies if I pronounced that wrong. Julio says, Maybe the best single issue in Moon Knight's history. Certainly the culmination of all good things Houston has been doing in his run. Moon Knight has never been so cold and wild and determined all the best uh, also the best act by the profile. Yes, thank you Julio. Yeah, that's um well, I've got to rate it up there as well. I think it's one of the strongest issues um out there. Basically, you know, what it has going for it is, is its self-containedness as well. Um there are many great issues uh in the Moon Knight canon But they're kind of like parts of arcs and stuff. And and of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But this just works so well. So if you're trying to find a a good single issue, um, it's hard to go past a a one-shot, so to speak. Um, But something that tells itself a really well-contained story, self-contained story. So thank you, Julio. Uh, We have another comment here from Corey Hardiman, no stranger to the show as well. Uh, Corey, as mentioned, he voiced Mark Spector in our audio. Um, reproduction of this issue uh, Back in, what did I say Episode 171 So go check that out if you haven't already And Corey says, easily one of my favourite issues Of all time, from my favourite run Of all time, yes and I do remember As well, Corey did choose Issue 13 uh, when I Approached Corey if he wanted to do a moonwalk An audio reproduction So uh, no surprises there but thank you Corey uh, We have another comment Here from Jonathan Sapsud. Uh, and Jonathan writes, uh, I find the Houston run too violent in general and could have done without the Crescent head-cutting. But past that, it's a really clever story based on the interview with the government agent where Moon Knight turns the tables and gets his ID card. A rare case of a line-wide event not interfering with the series but offering something to play with. That's a very good point, Jonathan. Um So many times you have the... Series is kowtowing to the event and having to try and shoehorn something in, but this premise actually gave a lot for Houston to play with uh, with the character, and he introduced some great the the great character like Doctor Deptford as well. Uh, uh, the agent is a bit quick to fold, though. Uh, the Marlene and Frenchie comebacks are nicely weaved in. The art is great, even if it feels like Houston and Coker are doing Benderson Malieve's Daredevil a bit too much. Probably Houston's best issue? Yeah, Jonathan, I think arguably could be. Um, it's, yeah, as, as I mentioned, very strong. Uh, yeah, the agent, a bit quick to follow. Yeah, true. I, I guess, again, within the confines of the the numbers of the pages that they have uh, and what Houston wanted to to tell, I guess we had to kind of fast-track that a little, but... You know they're pretty big bombs to drop, um, you know, and you you could see that you could see how someone would fold uh, if if you know something that you've kind of concealed or are ashamed are of, or um, you don't want anyone to know if they can't uh, if they're kind of laid you know out to bear for everyone to see, or at least like some stranger is is telling you this uh, or some god is telling you this when this guy's under you know hypnosis uh, that's yeah pretty scary um but anyway uh very good and and yeah i do agree with you there is a very much a Bendis and similee vibe to it as well uh so thank you jonathan uh next up we have james young so james one of the patroonies uh, long time batroney long time uh part of the community, a huge thank you, James, for all your involvement uh, and and uh, all your contributions as well uh, and you 've left this one for issue thirteen James says loved it, my favorite issue of this volume, and of course it 's not too violent, incredibly well written and clever with sumptuous art by the incredible Tom Coker. This issue cannot be rated anything but a blue moon. And for those loonies who've not heard of the Black Monday Murders, do seek it out. Coker's art truly makes it truly makes that book sing. Wow, yes, I have heard of that as well, James. But thanks for reminding me. The Black Monday Murders are worth checking out. Uh, and loonies, uh, if you can, you might have to put something in the show notes there—a uh, link at least—so you get a bit more information on the Black Monday Murders. But thank you for that recommendation, James. Uh, and of course, yeah, the art is great. Um, and yeah, and, uh, sorry, I'm just rereading your comments. And of course, it's not too violent. Um, uh, that's gotta be a nudge, nudge, wink, wink. I mean, this always, Marlene with the keys in her hands, in the eyes, always gets me. <laughs> so, uh, no, thanks, thanks so much, James, for those comments. Uh, moving on, still in our Facebook group, we have Lena. Uh, very interesting to hear Lena's thoughts on this. So, Lena, uh, again, for loonies that may not know, Lena is helping us uh, in our, I guess, our journey through understanding DID, which is one of the sub sub-seg- sub segments of our idle chats, um, and d- dispelling some myths with DID. Lena is part of a system, um, so she, along with Doug and uh, many others, make up the system. Uh, they have DID and uh and lana gives a very a very different perspective i guess to the comics that we review uh and and how did is represented so let's hear what lana has to say here uh and lana says i have mixed feelings about this one issues like this are why i'm making making it a point to have separate ratings in my articles for the podcast for how i liked it as a comic and how i thought of it as a representation of did or mental health As a comic, I definitely agree that it was a very well-written and well-drawn comic. It would definitely be a big, fat, waxing gibbous. Maybe even a full moon for that aspect. However, seeing Mark basically turn his DID into a freak show to manipulate the government agent makes me, as someone with DID, a really cringe. It's not exactly helping to reduce stigma around DID. So for the DID mental health representation... I would rate it maybe a waxing crescent at the most, Lena. Uh thank you so much, Lena, and uh and, and thank you so much for that um for that insight as well into the D uh, I D. Uh I certainly am getting more of a picture now with um with your comments as well as the representation of D I D. Um and, and looking at it, I guess on that aspect, uh, yeah, um it's, it's strange, isn't it? Because I, I wonder in this story whether I think whether Mark just puts it all on as well. <clears throat> it might be that fine line. I, I don't know whether really Deptford does um, get him to look at the moon and he does kind of switch alters, which we know, you know, you can't. I mean, as we mentioned in that first article that Rebecca and I did, um, based on Lena's works, you can't really do. Um, but the fact that, Mark takes in with him the information from the profile of Dr Deptford and interweaves that into Conshu I'm doing that in air quotes makes me wonder whether he he actually is um it, it is a, a result of of his his DID or he actually is consciously more more of the traditional sense of what Doug Mentz did back in the in the 80s of him just putting on a role I don't know. Anyway, um, always interesting to uh, hear your thoughts, Lena. and thank you very much for that. Uh, finally, from our Facebook group, before we jump onto Instagram, uh, I've got one comment here from Jeff Naruki. And Jeff writes, um, What are my favourite issues of my favourite run? The profile gets a clue about what he is really up against. Uh, Mark leans into his illness in the worst possible way. <clears throat> This issue was a realization that there was no going back for any of the sides, yeah, thank you so much Jeff um yeah it is it's one of a one again it seems like it's a consensus it's one of the stronger runs or stronger issues sorry of the of the Houston run um and yeah, everyone seems to have a similar thoughts uh but yes uh, i I guess Jeff similar to Lena above you, you're mentioning Mark leans into his illness in the worst possible way, so again. Um, whether this representation of DID um, is done correctly, whether, in fact, Mark is putting it on. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of ambiguous in that sense. But, yeah, um, thank you so much, Jeff. Now, finally, moving on, we've just got a few comments from Instagram. I'm going to lead off with a very short one from Zod76. Hello, Zod76. Great issue, Zod says. Um, and... I guess a person, a few words, and it sums it all up. There it is. It certainly is a great issue. Uh, another comment here from MakeMineMoonKnight. And no mincing wood words here. Fucking love this issue. One of my all-time favourites. From Moon Knight messing with that shield head shrink, making him believe he's talking to Conchu through Mark. Loved seeing Marlene lose her shit on those street thugs too. Great issue. Hashtag ThisIsMoonKnight. <laughs> Thank you so much, make mine. Moon Knight, um, yeah, I had a sense that you'd love this issue. Uh, again, it seems like a very strong issue. I think it almost embodies what people like about the Houston run. Um, apart from issue one of the bottom, which uh, is, is such a great way to kick off the series, I think issue 13 really does kind of sell it, what Houston's all about. And finally, uh, a comment from SK Metal, Uh, Loved Moon Knight 13 all these years on. I was so bummed that Charlie Houston left after this issue, as this was a perfect capper. Tom Coker's art is amazing. I love to see him back for more Moon Knight. The profile and Mark working together was a blast. The violence was brilliant and fitting. Seeing Marlene go off like that, cemented, she'd be my choice for Moon Knight if anything happened to Mark. Mark's slaying of the war criminal felt very horror movie like and justified. Yeah, good good point there. Um, he jumps through the windscreen. It was very yeah yeah. It was very kind of scary with the with the reds and the dark and the shadows. Also, I love how this issue mocks the superhuman registration too. Moon Knight thirteen is a great example of how to do an event tie in. Yeah, couldn't agree more. SK Metal. Um, as mentioned, it, it's just one of the stronger issues that is a tie-in, and it doesn't feel like that um, it's there's an obligation to be like to be part of a tie-in or to be part of an event. Uh, it definitely stands on its own two feet. So there you go, loony listeners. Those are your thoughts on Moon Knight Volume Five Issue Thirteen. Such a great issue. Um, look. Again, I wouldn't mind even a couple of months from now or whatever revisiting it again. It's just, you know, there are so many issues from Moon Knight that you can always revisit and reanalyze and re-go, uh, go over again. And uh, yeah, this is certainly one of it, and testament to the the feedback we received from it. So, thank you so much, Loonies, for for dropping in your thoughts. It's always great to hear uh, different perspectives, um, but it's also great to hear of a you know general consensus as well. And certainly, this issue comes out favourably. Uh, that about wraps us up, Looney listeners. Uh, I've only got a couple of things to say now to take us out. Uh, to end this episode and next phase episode two hundred and thirty four, look, <clears throat> it may drop earlier than you think, uh, and this will be hopefully just a short sharp episode just to bring you bring us all up to speed with the rise of set. Um, so I've been working away. Uh, we're up to episode three, but I've got material enough for uh, a combined potentially a double episode so episodes three and four uh, looks like it'll be clocking in at about 15 minutes for this next part uh, so a sizable a sizable episode and I thought I'll just drop it off uh, as a, a standalone episode uh, before we get back into our usual proceedings um, and so yeah so 15 minutes long as opposed to our usual vignette style of you know it could be anywhere from like four minutes to seven minutes. Uh, and a uh, little episode for The Rise of Set. Um, so, just a little recap for everyone as well, if you have been following. I know it's a long time between drinks. It's every month or so. So what we know, uh, we know Rebecca and Dr. Hex are hurtling towards the safe house at this stage. They've fought some some demons up on the moon jet, um, but they've escaped in an escape pod. Uh, Dr. Hex uh, seems to have been infected with something, um, and he's gone into some sort of coma. Uh, So Rebecca's got a lot to deal with there. Um, At the same time, uh, we got introduced to um, a chief inspector, Inspector French, uh, and there's an investigation that's gone underway for the murder at the Flogo water treatment plant. And that water treatment plant, for those that remember, in Season 1, we had the leader there poisoning it, Uh, And I guess explaining why everyone in the city is going mad. Um, And so this coming up, uh, this upcoming double episode, uh, will take up where we left off with the rest of the High Priests, yours truly and Conishu. Hellfire and a new character, Safari, that we saw in one of the end credits. Uh, They're at the safe house. Uh, There are a couple of other characters or heroes turning up, which is good to see. And, uh, and then we'll also jump to the likes of Quantum Man, the Professor, and Looney Tunes. They're currently in a van, um, again, from season one. They kind of fought against each other before, uh, becoming a team. And they're on their way back to the safe house. But, uh, as always, trouble will follow them. So be sure to check out episode 234, uh, very shortly after this episode's drop, this episode drops. That should be a fun one. Uh, and as always, I guess again, if you check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight, uh, please, please check it out and consider becoming a patron or Patroni. Uh, there are plenty of incentives. Um, I'm racking up some bonus episodes which uh, I'll sprinkle throughout towards, uh, from here towards the end of the year. Uh, only exclusive for Patroni members. Uh, check it out. But also stuff like, uh, you get insight into more of the serial. Uh you get access to scripts, you get uncut versions of the episodes, you get videos of particular episodes where we do decide to video. So you can see, I guess, the interactions. You can see my mug on there. Uh, you can see the lockdown hair happening, all that sort of stuff. Um, so you please go check it out. Uh for, as mentioned at the top of the show as well, our sponsors, Fringe Night. can support Daniel Doing's uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash fringe night twenty-seven. Um, great comic, as I said, great creator, uh, and uh, he just yeah just needs some help there to to produce his comics, which obviously take a bit of time and effort and money to do, as well as uh, Tombs by Drew Tombs. So Drew has got a couple of uh, ventures happening, Tombs with a Z, so you can put that on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash Tombs T O M B Z, and also Drew has Lurk Music on Bandcamp. So that's Lurk Music with a CK at the end, end.bandcamp.com um, and you can support his show oh, his uh music there uh by, by purchasing uh tracks or albums, uh whatever takes your fancy. All this will be in the show notes of course as well, so just click the links. Uh, finally Dreamland Comics uh from Schoenberg, Illinois. If you use the code Moon you'll get twenty per cent off their uh online store for any of the back issues. Go get yourself some uh, classic Moon Knight. <laughs> and finally we are part of the collective as well So a band of, of like-minded podcasters I want to give a shout out to some newies um, So there are the Ghost Spider Groupies uh, By Pax and Abigail Doing great stuff there about Spider Gwen Go check them out uh, But then you also have the likes of um, I Am Your Target Demographic On YouTube um, All kind of geek and pop culture related And um, I'm going to choose Signal of Doom by the big man, Dave Finn, uh, weekly comic and geek culture stuff, uh, all the greatest news and reviews from there. Uh, finally, you can, as mentioned, I think, at the top of the show, did I say that? Yeah, probably did, uh, on email, feedback at com. We do have a website, com. so go check that out. Uh, you can see, uh, you can access all the old episodes from there, uh, just as well as uh, a bit more info uh, should you, you know, want to peruse it? Uh, there's also Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser, of course. And, uh, speaking of which on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, if you do leave a, uh, a review, that would be very much appreciated. Hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully five stars. Um, and it just allows us to kind of, uh, pop up a bit more for people who may be Moon Knight fans or looking for something Marvel or Moon Knight related. Uh, the more reviews, the more we pop up um, as suggestions. So it helps spread the love and share the love of the show. Anyway, loonies, that is enough from me. Um, I'm hoping to edit this properly. I've had to use the the mute button still. Still coughing up here and there. But um, I hope you enjoyed it as well. I look forward to dropping episode 234 too. Keep your eyes out on that. Um, and uh, maybe reacquaint yourself with Parts 1 and 2, Episodes 1 and 2, which dropped a bit earlier. Again, I'm going add that in the show notes for you. As always, loonies, take care of yourself, have a great weekend, and may Conchi watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated.